With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the BSN Denver Buffs Podcast. Powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Inside, goes up for it, Duncan, blocked by Fortune. Gallier into the front court, Colorado's got a little bit of a break. Step back, three-point shot, good! What a beautiful step back that was by Duncan Collier. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Koenigsberg, Ali Monroe, and Jake Shapiro. But I disagree if proven Welcome into the BSN Buff Podcast, coming from the Blake Street Tavern. I am Jake Shapiro, alongside Ryan Koenigsberg and Ali Monroy. And we have all of the latest and greatest CU Buffs, Colorado Buffaloes news for you today. Tuesday, January 24th, DJ Elliott, the new defensive coordinator, talked to the media for the first time today. Me and Ali were there. Ryan watched and consumed our content. So he was in the know, just like anyone that listens to this podcast, because we leave it all out there. We do not keep any secrets from our readers and listeners and watchers. You know it all. Yeah. <laughs> That's our motto here at BSN. Yeah. Denver. No secrets. Yeah. Everyone's c- clued in. Clue, clue. I was trying to make a pun, but I couldn't. Thank leave. God. Well, <laughs> I want to mix this up and go right to the news about DJ. Uh, I see. I see. You I see what I'm yeah, doing? I picked on that. I but like that track. You like that track? You ruin it when you talk about it. (laughs) A take from Allie. A take from (laughs) Allie. That's so, that was so savage. Like, can you imagine her (laughs) tweeting something and you just quote tweet it? A take from Allie. (laughs) That would be so savage. Okay, anyways, uh, DJ Elliott is uh, the defensive coordinator and linebackers coach. He was uh, in that same position. Out there at Sucktucky, as Ryan called it no, earlier. Kentucky. Kentucky. Yes. Uh, Kentucky, the wild. So not to be confused with Jiptucky, where we went and filmed that uh, golf video Jip-tucky. this this uh, summer. Big Blue Nation, because they're all sad about how bad their football team is. Yes. Well, uh, he comes over from there. He was also at Florida State before that, where he recruited one of the best players in the country, which he notably bragged about today in his uh, press conference. That was a weird, humble brag. Yeah, it was. It wasn't I wasn't humble. even humble. It was just a brag, uh, which I didn't know exists anymore in, tw- in, in 2017. I thought you had to have a humble before your brag. I've been sticking with the regular brag brand all along. The brag I was never brand. a fan of the humble brag. You were never a fran? Fran. <laughs> <laughs> it's never been a fran. But, uh, Elliot <laughs> left uh, different impressions on all of us. Uh, the main impression I came away with was, wow, this guy's kind of tall, uh, th- which matters for me because I'm th- the one that films most of the videos you see on BSN <laughs> Denver is me. Which is so why you can know, why no one that's ever watched a BSN Buffs video has seen the top of Tad Boyle's head. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. So, so like, you're very, very well acquainted with his chin. <laughs> So that's what I was trying to explain. So uh, one of the first things I do notice about a coach <laughs> is his height and where I'm going to be shooting him. I've uh, never thought of this. <laughs> do you know how hard it is to film Tad Boyle for me? My arms get so tired. <laughs> and then oh I, I have to screenshot the video within the first 30 seconds or else my arms are so tired that it looks so much lower. It starts where I can capture the whole oh thing, and then it goes down to, like, my chest, and it's like... <laughs> All you can see is Tad Boyle's I'm hands. L- I'm laughing hard because I saw that in the video today of DJ <laughs> Elliott because I was right behind you, and I noticed it going, like, kind of low. And I had to go lower today because the photographer uh, yeah. was, like, shooting above me, so, like, I had to, like, squint down <laughs> even lower. So, like, I'm, like, in this crouched oh position with one leg in front and one leg back with my butt kind of out. And, like, I'm, like, I go from, like, 5'3 to, like, 4'6. 
and I'm wearing, and today, I don't know, Ryan, Ryan didn't see me, Allie saw me, and Allie's like, this is really what you're wearing today? I was wearing, like, my blue and green floral shirt, my blue and green, like, floral, like, sweater shirt with an Anaheim Ducks hat. Oh, wow. And, and <laughs> right. Who's and literally, mans? literally everyone that's she who's mans me, the people that work for the buffs, all the girls are just like, really? Like, I'm like, I'm like, well, at least he's going to remember who I am. I literally have tears go. in my eyes. That's why he called you Jay. <laughs> that's why he called me Jay. Oh, he, wow. He remembered who I was, oh. but he didn't want to remember. He didn't want to give enough of an effort to listen to the second syllable of my name. Yes. Wow, I actually had tears in my eyes there. Well, <sighs> anyways, that was the best part of the podcast. <laughs> it's all downhill well, from we, here. We, we will have just PG. like how I feel with the CU Buffs defense. Yeah. Uh, all downhill? You seriously feel that way? I really. <sighs> that was after last week where okay, we were kind just, of being I'm gonna positive. Be I'm, gonna, I'm trying to come down from like joking to be serious here. I personally don't have a good feeling about DJ Elliott. He just seen. Uh, usually when a coach comes into a press con their first press conference you come away like sold you're like oh wow like he really had some great things to say i mean they're just they're full like all of their material has never been used they they're kind of just fresh and everything like that i mean i left that that watching that press conference just being like Neh. like he didn't have much to say all of his answers were one to two sentences he seems very cookie cutter to me and I think what this de- – he's like, I coach with energy. Like, I'm like, where's your energy? Like, I can't feel anything <laughs> from you right now, and this is your first chance to get in front of the fans. And you're talking about how you coach with energy, but you're talking like a robot. And obviously you can't decide how good a guy can coach defense, but I just get this feeling that, especially from what, I'm heard, what I've heard, <laughs> Mike McIntyre kind of wanted to bring in a guy – who answered to him a lot. And DJ Elliott kind of strikes me as a person who is completely willing to do that. You know, someone asks, well, what do you, what, you know, how, how are you compare the two defenses? Like, oh, yeah, well, they're very similar, and we're going to do a lot of the same things that they were doing here before. And it just, I don't know. I, I've, I don't know if I've ever felt bad after a coach's first press conference in front of him. And it's a little different than a head coach who's out there trying to sell a, a whole fan base. But I just didn't. I don't understand how you can look at DJ Elliott on paper, in front of a camera, or any way, and and be excited over that. I just he doesn't inspire any confidence or excitement uh, in me and some of the fans I've talked to in terms of what he brings to the table. I'm and I just I don't see it. I agree with you in the sense that a lot of the um, answers he was giving seemed not rehearsed, or, but they just all seemed really similar to other videos or other meet and greets that he's done. And um, he does cross me as a yes man. I let, don't. Let think me blame the reporters a little bit on that. I one guess that's true. There were similar questions one, all around. Someone was wanting to ask all of the questions that were asked by Mark Johnson yesterday. Yeah. Mm. So talk about that, Jake. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he did have the same exact answers. Um, but I agree, he does seem kind of like a yes man, and that is good that Coach Mack and him will get along. But in the sense, you also want someone like checks and balances, someone who will state their mind and will give their opinions and will sometimes just stand up and be like, no, this is my defense, what Coach Levitt would do. Um, that was also a little extreme, and he didn't have a good relationship with Coach Mack. But I still, I still have optimism for this team and with the defense. And I think he's really focused on, like, bringing them to the next step, which is, like, any, like anyone would say that. But for me, I feel like – his focus should be keeping them at this level at first and then trying to go to the next step. He keeps going. I don't want um, – because everyone thinks they're going to take a step back. He's like, I'm going to make it to the next step. Like, he needs to try and keep it consistent and then go forward throughout the season, especially go through spring camp and, like, all of those things. That's just what I think. And let's be honest. The next step would be, like, the best defense in the nation. Yeah, exactly. If you can even come close to where they were with losing what, what you lost – that to me would be imp- i mean i'd be impressed if he keeps them in the top 25 in the nation and that's what i'm thinking that they need to be staying at like they need to be focused on keeping it consistent being one of the top 3 defenses in the pack 12 exactly right. what they did last year i i, I want to i just go and ahead maybe ahead. our fans can or our listeners and CU Buffs fans can give us a response on this i just 
the unfortunate thing for DJ Elliott is he's not going to coach a game for a while. So all we have is to draw off what we can see and what you see on paper. And I just don't think he said anything or has done anything so far that says, yeah, this guy. He's. I mean, do you follow him on Twitter? I do, but it's been nothing. He just retweeted a bunch of thank yous from Kentucky, basically, was his whole Twitter. Twitter That was basically his Twitter introduction to CU. So uh, he's – I mean, at this point, Jim Levitt had already become like a legend on Twitter with CU fans. And so it's just what – like what are you doing to inspire confidence? And I just – I haven't seen one thing. I want to talk about – Besides – the fact that he recruited Mario Edwards to Florida State, but like, that's one of the, my points. Is you were talking about how we won't have a good barometer of what he is or what he brings in. We can't judge anything he does in this recruiting period. It's ten days before signing day. Mm-hmm. That's exactly. just unfair to him. So let's wash that out. So we're basically gonna have no idea what he's like until maybe two years from now. No, nah, I, mean, I mean like this time we're gonna have a good idea of schemat- schematically what he's doing, but like in terms of recruiting which is one of his big things i mean cu's basically offering all of their 2018 guys right now he's laid in on 2018 a little bit too so i want to talk about recruiting a little bit but i want to talk about this theory as well ryan and i have talked about this off the air and i don't know if we've ever mentioned this on the podcast but when talking about brian lindgren you always say that the buffs need that guy that's strictly focused on x and o's that maybe you know it's kind of like the tin man he's not the guy that's full of his heart and, and Basically, and I'm not to say Brian Lindgren's not that guy, but <laughs> Brian Lindgren's pretty mechanic Straight, in the way yeah. he's straightforward. He's not Mike McIntyre where he mm-hmm. comes up with welcome to the fight and all this different stuff, and he's full of passion. He's crying before pregame spe- speeches. Could this be a good thing in that sense where you know, maybe the Buffs bring in another uh, defensive coach that is that fiery guy, and, you know, basically Chev on the defensive side of the ball, and this is the X's and O's guy that can take care of some of that stuff that, you know, the buffs, I mean, Levitt was a genius, but the stuff that, you know, maybe that guy couldn't be able to take care of. First of all, yes, they they need energy on that side of the Definitely. ball. And the de- being on the defense is not about being compliant with the head coach. Defense in in the word is not about being compliant. It's about defending. It's it's attacking. It's It's all of that. None of that. I don't know. You need energy. Defense is so much about energy and passion and and kind of channeling uh, even anger. I would say. So it's you. They need someone on that side of the ball that's going to be inspirational. And you know, maybe DJ Elliott, once he gets onto the coaching field, is passionate and kind of brings that fire that we we didn't really see. But the problem with what you saying that is. I don't know if DJ Elliott has yet proven anything that says he's an X's and O's whiz. And and maybe Brian Lindgren isn't exactly an X's and O's whiz either. But they do need that contrast. I think the contrast between Brian Lindgren and Darren Chevarini is fantastic. And a lot of people wanted to credit Chev for a lot this last season. But I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. I talked to a a player on offense who said, like, don't get – too crazy here we love Chev and he did a lot to help us out but coach Lindgren's still calling the plays up there so it's not all Chev that was part of the offensive resurgence which ended up actually regressing a little bit throughout the season but I think it's going to be really important for them to get some fire on that side of the ball one of my other interesting takeaways from today was uh, Elliot was asked about who the most impressive players were to him. I that was I and caught that too. He listed all linebackers. You know, it was he also I said understand Addison Gillum was good a couple of years ago. Yeah, right. That was, was that like a shot at him? And also there I mean, Addison Gillum's situation from what I've heard has been pretty fluid in terms of um whether or not he still wants to play football. Let's just be honest. That's kind of what I've heard. Um I'm obviously not reporting anything. That's just kind of what we've heard. Um, so I don't know if that me, I, I probably wouldn't be saying critiques about Addison Gillum right now if I'm trying to inspire this guy to want to play for me. Exactly. I mean, let alone From what anyone. we've heard, you're recruiting Addison Gillum right now, basically. Right. You got to convince him that you need him. And they do need him. And they do. They do. Because here's the thing about the linebacking situation. 
Kenneth Olobode, his stats were fantastic last mm -hmm. year. He statistically had a fantastic year. Here's the thing. Kenneth Olobode is not that good of a linebacker. He's solid. He does some things that are very good for a college linebacker, but he's not this amazing linebacker. He just was always in the right spot because the Buffs had nobody else in that position. And that was their biggest hole, maybe on their entire team, was the fact that they had to rely on Gamboa at times and Christian Shaver, who uh, is being attrition, and, and a little bit of uh, NJ Fallow. Those were guys that were well, – Those two guys were m playing more of the end position. Sure. <clears throat> but they – I mean, they're s they were scraping. And when Addison Gillum was playing well – that was when that linebacking core looked the best. Mm -hmm. And I, I just the, – the whole point with this wasn't that the linebackers are bad or anything. It's like you have Isaiah Oliver on your defense. You have that tool in your tool shed, and you're not going to talk about it. What's going on there? And yeah, I understand I he's the linebacking <laughs> coach predominantly, but he's also the defensive coordinator, and he's not going to be talking about maybe the best returning defensive player in the Pac-12. That was a little odd to me, and he didn't, you know, and he didn't talk about uh, some of the early enrollee guys because he was asked a little bit about that and deflected as well. And the Buffs have a ton of early enrollees, especially that could be impact players on the defensive side of the ball, let alone the JUCO guys, which I've heard great things about, specifically Javier Edwards. Yeah, I, it just all goes back to me wondering how much, I mean, he just didn't seem, maybe he didn't seem all that prepared to me. He, if you go back and watch that, he had at least two, maybe three, like, four-word answers mm -hmm. where he's like, yeah, we we really like them. They're good. It's like, hmm. Yeah, and obviously, a lot has probably been thrown on his plate. So how much, you know, I, I guarantee you he hasn't watched hours and hours of film of Isaiah Oliver yet. He said he's watched all of last season, every single game last year. He said well, he watched. That's concerning. And he hasn't he, – I noticed that too. It just seems to me like he was more focused on the linebackers instead of Isaiah Oliver, Ryan Moeller, these key players that are coming back. Right. A guy, you just – Ryan Moeller. Exactly. I, I know special teams, but he's Pac-12 first team. That's a guy with a name on your defense. And mm -hmm. he had nothing to say. He was like, and a few more that I could name. That definitely stood out to me too during the press during the. And it's not – like, and he said he's even been to workouts, and we've heard he's been to workouts. Yeah. He said he was um, – he's gone to three workouts, 6 a.m. workouts, and he's gotten he really he's like, seen He really it. liked to uh, throw that out there yeah. too. That was I'm a humble brag. I get up early. <laughs> that was a humble brag. I've been to some workouts at 6 a.m. Yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway – and the fact that he said he watched every single game from last year. The, yeah, that's interesting to me. Another guy who he's going to have in the uh, toolbox is Derek McCartney. He did talk he about did him. Okay, him. He did mention him. Yeah. But it was like almost last on his list. Mm -hmm. like okay. a Which is oh, – like I understand that a little bit more because he didn't play most of last year and if he just watched last year. But he's obviously an impact player and the entire defense changed after McCartney stopped playing. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't. It didn't take a step down because Levitt once again was a mastermind. They had to change how they played their defense. But a big question is: is how is this defense going to respond to a new defensive coordinator? Because they were really inspired to play under Jim Levitt, and they really took up, especially the secondary, the whole motto of the Money Gang, the linebackers, the Savages. They all had their identities. Mm -hmm. And you know what? As as funny as that might be, and as Ryan laughs or whatever. They bought into it, and that's all it that It really matters. helped them, and I mean uh, – The money gang was legit. Savages <laughs> was not. Savages is – it's a weak nickname. And they I had – why get baseball jerseys? They all got baseball jerseys. Why baseball jerseys? I'm a baseball guy. Baseball jerseys suck. Yeah, I didn't understand that either. Get a get – a, like, if you're going to get a jersey, get a hockey jersey or like an NB – like a just tank like top. make a better name for your group. I just think those kind of names really helped them. Like, same with, like, Blackout Boys. Like, that really, like, gave them, like, An a identity. lot of spark. Yeah, exactly. And I heard from a source that um, DJ Elliott went to one of the practices and called the, called the defense together and was like, all right, guys, on defense, one, two, three. And everyone was – all the players were like, no, gang, gang. And they just, like – then they chanted gang, gang instead of saying defense to, like, follow what he it said. And he just kind of took a step back. And so I'm really curious to see how the players react to this new defensive coordinator. And look, we're we're being a little hard on him right now, and it is because we don't have much to go off of. But there is a there is a transition period for him. He's gonna need to watch more film on these guys. He's gonna need to, to take time to go through all that film and key in on guys individually. He's gonna need time to figure out what they like to say when they break the huddle. 
He's going to need time to build relationships with them. Right, exactly. But it is, you know, you go off of what you have to go off of. And I think <coughs> DJ Elliott has just a little bit, bit of a ways to go before he kind of has the the full-on confidence of the fan base. And I, I want to get go back to some positives with Elliott. He's a hell of a recruiter. Um, he recruits Texas, which has been a huge mm-hmm. marking point for the Buffs here. Uh, he recruits the Dallas area, which is where the Buffs are basically centering their recruiting headquarters now. Uh, the Buffs are just trying to pull every – they just offered three kids. I forget which high school, school out of Dallas, three kids, class of 2018, five, four, and a three-star. Like, they are basically attacking Dallas like – like like the Cowboys are is their offensive line. They're just going in there and getting Ezekiel Elliott mm, in there. Good effort there. It was kind of like the Cowboys defense. Good effort, but it wasn't really good. Yes. Enough. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but I, either way, I, I I think none of us came blown away. Mm-hmm. I overall came away with a positive and impression of DJ Elliott. It wasn't. Uh, outstanding, and as Ryan said, which made me realize this a little bit more, every head coach's first press conference, or every coach's first press conference, you're like, oh my god, this guy. Uh, I didn't get that impression today, but I I gained the impression of him. At least he didn't give the old, yeah, like, you think I'm a good recruiter, you should see what my wife looks like. That one happens oh like God, in every what? press conference. <laughs> oh <laughs> no! No! Coach no! Mack no! no Coach Mac did it. Yep. Are you mm-hmm. kidding me? Yep. Oh God. He's like, we're gonna no. recruit hard, as you can see. You know, my wife Trisha. I can recruit a little bit. Oh no! Yeah. No! 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 Yeah. Is that so? He didn't drop that one. Yeah. Alrighty then. Well, so he came off to me. Um, there were some questions and stuff like that, but he definitely seems well spoken. And just that's what <laughs> I don't. There we I don't go. Know. There's the positives. That's, you know, he's well spoken. That's kind of what I got from him. I think honestly, the defense isn't gonna like completely blow like um, Ryan saying. I think I, they. I didn't say that. You kind of said you. I said you had no hope for the defense. Did not. What What did you say earlier? I then? said it's all downhill. Okay. Should I do a record scratch freeze frame? <laughs> sorry, sorry, my memory. But still, it's all downhill. Like, I think I was, they I might was, take a little step back, but I still have hope for this. I was being a little bit facetious there just because it was a good transition. Speaking but of all downhill, the 0-7 Colorado Buffaloes basketball team in I conference. think it's all uphill from here. We're going to talk about that in a second. But first, got to tell you about the Colorado Keg House in Broomfield right next to the First Bank Center with 75 Colorado craft beers on tap. They are the home for Colorado craft beer. From wheat beers to nitrous to IPAs to ales, nobody does craft beer like the Colorado Keg House. You can sit at their huge bar, their tables, or their lounge area, but no matter where you sit, you'll sit in front of a TV that's sports on. So next time you are looking for something to do, go down to the Colorado Keg House off of Wadsworth and 36 in Broomsfield. Hey! So close. You said Ailes right. I know, but it's Broomsfield. No, it's no, Broomsfield. no, it's not. You said Ailes right, and you did it fast without, like, hesitating. Like, you're getting a lot better than that. Second. That was great. New year, new me. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but New yeah. year, new Colorado basketball. Yeah, oh, my God. This is a new Colorado basketball that we haven't seen. We're going to talk about that in one more second, but we also have Delion Brown on the podcast today. We're going to talk about a little bit of the quarterback situation, if we have time for it, entering next year. If not, we'll push that to next week. We're going to talk about the field rush uh, fines of $75,000 and uh, things we'd rather be doing than watching Colorado play Oregon State in basketball, so stick around for that later in the podcast. But I want to talk about recruiting a little bit as we enter the last couple days before signing day here. Colorado's class is is shaping up, and uh, they're putting the finishing touches on it. Obviously, a lot of the class has already uh, been built, uh, and they're locked in. I mean, Mm -hmm. let alone uh, being hard verbals, they're early enrolled. And that is so big with this class. And there are a lot of big names with this class that I think a lot of people are going to be excited about. I've heard so many good things about the guys that have early enrolled already, as well as the JUCO guys. Uh, The one guy that was really questionable thus far was Kevin George, the JUCO guy they just brought in. And then, even then, you give Mike McIntyre a break because look at what he's done with some of these cornerbacks that he's had that you've heard nothing about that fit the same build that Kevin George does, a little tall, skinny guy. Uh, so the worst thing about Kevin George is that he has two first names. That's what. That's yeah. That was that was bad. 
But uh, I'm really liking Colorado's recruiting class, and uh, I've heard really good things about two of the big fish that they're trying to capture and Trajan Cotton and mm-hmm. NJ Fo- – not NJ Follow, Josh Follow, NJ Follow's little brother. Uh, you were just joshing. I was joshing. joshing. Uh, I think Trajan Cotton has a better potential to come to Colorado. Uh, I think Follow is still uh, – got a pretty good potential to come to Colorado, but I like both of their chances. And the fact that Colorado is going after some of the guys that they're going after, like this kid Chase on that was here yesterday visiting, is such a good sign. Uh, how did you? How do you pronounce that first name of his? I was Talavon? To- I was told, and I'm not gonna try it. Do it. Try. On. Come on. I believe it's. <laughs> is the K silent? It's <laughs> Kale- It's like Ka- let me find. Let me find the spelling of the name. It's K. Kalevon. Kalevon. That's what I said. Kalevon. 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 Yeah. Good um, job, Brian. Thank you. But we talked about it last year a lot when they were recruiting some of these five stars that would just even take visits to Colorado, how good that was for the program. But now it seems so so much realer because they're taking – real. It seems so much more real because they're taking these visits just on the eve of signing day. Uh, we're not expecting any surprises really. Uh, like, you know, how would you expect a surprise? But that happened last year with Bicharette. But what I'm trying to say basically is that – even if Colorado doesn't add to their class at all before signing day and they just lock in the guys that they have and make sure that they get some of the guys that they've really been chasing after, this is a heck of a class, and uh, I think a lot of people have a lot to be excited about. I know we're not the recruiting people, basically, uh, over here at BSN Denver, but we do follow it, and I know some of our listeners follow it, and especially as we're on the eve of signing day, I think it's important to talk about what Colorado's bringing in. We're not quite on the eve of signing day. Yeah, that's next well, week. Next Thursday. I don't know if we're going to have another podcast before that. We probably will, but. Who knows? But I, I, I agree I'm with there, that. This, this class is loaded. Mm-hmm. You take any of maybe the top five, six guys in this class, they all would have been headliners in the last five or six classes. And so, you know, you talk about guys like Jake Moretti, who a couple years ago, if they got a guy like Jake Moretti, he would have been the savior, basically. Right. I mean, it would have been, oh, my God, we're finally turning – kind of like the Tim Lanott of his class when people were like, oh, my God, we finally got one of the good in-state players. Uh, Katie Nixon, who re-solidified, he was like kind, he was like committed, and then all of a sudden he had to commit again. Really good social media awareness there. On I his know part. that's what I would be doing every commi- day if I was the. He recruit. committed to the same school twice. <laughs> he doubled down on his commitment. That's so awesome! Like, I have so much respect for him. For like, that. I it sucks because he's not an early enrollee because these early enrollees you can interview in fall camp. I'm not going to be able to interview Katie Nixon in fall camp because those are the media rules. But like first question to Katie Nixon, I'm like, how do you manage your brand so well? Katie? <laughs> <laughs> and like KD, that's, a, is that his name? That's another question I have. There's no periods there. It's just KD. But JD Elliot has no, that's periods. DJ. You or DJ. <laughs> DJ, but, but we haven't been able to find what his name actually is. But DJ LeMayhew doesn't have periods between his names, and his name is David John. Do you get to choose these things as a parent? Is that your decision? Whether you put the periods in or not? Yeah. I don't know. Like, do you – Anyways, There's KD, a style guide to names somewhere? Yeah, maybe. Katie Nixon, uh, John Van Dyce, another guy who would have been like, oh, my God, they're getting a good player from the in-state. Then, of course – the all-name man of the year, LaVisca, LaVisca Chenault. Chenault. Oh He's, like, by far m- the best player in this class. I just – I know it. I by name. It. But you just go down. Tyler Lytle. That would have been a guy who, y- again, the savior. Oh, my God, we finally got a quarterback right. commit. And, so and you, you go through this and you look at these players and you're like, wow, Dante Sparacco. Like, these guys, Jalen Jackson, they would have been headliners in classes before – and now you've got a list of them. And you haven't even touched on Javier Edwards or Dante Wigley, who are both on campus already as JUCO transfers. And those are the two highest-rated recruits, according to uh, BuffStampedeScout.com here. Uh, and Edwards I've heard great things about, and Wigley I've heard great things about. Uh, I've heard good things about uh, Chris Malumba, the defensive tackle transfer originally from Finland. And I've heard great things about Carson Wells, too. Uh, so I have a thing. I have a question. Yes. Dante Wigley, um, he kind of has red hair. I was wondering if I could refer to his hair as Dante's Inferno. 
Ooh. <laughs> I can recite like one of Dante's Inferno. I'm I'm a little rusty on it, but like one of it, and it, that's the only Italian sentence I know. But I know like a sentence of Dante's Inferno in Italian. But I need like not to be on the podcast in like 20 minutes to remember. That could it. be like his version of like Rivas Island. Dante's Inferno. That's dope. We're gonna have to get sis on this. I might text sis right now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean this class is really really good, and you're looking at the Buffs being in such good spots that they haven't been in before, where they're gonna be redshirting three stars. They've never done that since me or you have covered the teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit. A little bit, a little but little like bit. you're looking at this wide receiver class. Guys and, like Tim Lenart. Right, but but you're looking at this wide receiver class and. Who's going to play next year? Basically, maybe Nixon in a scat back role, and the rest of them are redshirting? Right. I mean, they're in such a good spot in terms of longevity, and and that really hasn't been able to be said in a while. It's fantastic for them. Uh, They're they're in a position now to to develop, and that's the most important thing for a program like Colorado. Colorado rarely, probably almost never, will be at a place – where they're raking in five stars, they put them out there, they're better than the guys that were there before them, and it's just kind of move one guy out, put another guy in, and play when he goes to the league, you put another five star in. It just It's never going to work like that here. So at Colorado, you have to get these three and four star guys, upper, cla- uh, upper tier three and four star guys, and develop them. And when you're able to redshirt players, and even gray shirt and redshirt players, I mean – Look at guys like Derek McCartney, who's going to be like 37 by the time he leaves CU. <laughs> like you, just like me, you, you end up having <laughs> grown ass men on a football field, and it makes all the difference. You have to be able to to redshirt players because that's how you develop them. And then by the time they're seniors, like you had this last year with a big, big class of seniors, when you don't have bad attrition. That's how you put together great, great teams. Speaking of great, great teams, the Colorado Buffaloes basketball program sitting at 10 and 10. Is the fall real? Yes. Yeah, 100%. It's funny how if I would have told you the basketball team or the football team, one of them will be 0-7 in conference at one point. You would have taken the football Everyone team. Everyone would have taken football. And it would have been a lock, just like Colorado Safe Outlet has the largest selections of safes in Colorado. Don't waste your time at big box retailers looking at safes that don't suit your needs. Instead, come to Colorado Safe Outlet where an expert will set you up with exactly what you need. No more, no less. Once you pick up the perfect safe, they'll deliver it to your home. Fast and easy. Check them out online at coloradosafeoutlet.com or visit them at one of their two locations in Centennial or Stapleton. But yeah, I mean, seriously, it was <laughs> would have been a lock if you told me in August which w- or September which one, I guess August, which August one would have been zero and seven, uh, the basketball team or the football team in conference, and it would have been I'd say a layup. I would say that the Buffs haven't been able to hit. <laughs> I, this is August fifteenth. I look at you and I say, I guarantee you, one of these teams will be zero and seven in conference at one point, and I'll give you a million dollars to bet it on one. You would have not thought twice and put it on the and put it on the football team to go and the other side. team's going to be playing for the Pac-12 championship right I mean exactly you never would have even hesitated for one second all of a sudden the opposite has happened everything has gone wrong for them they're getting no bounces late in games they're not creating their own luck at all uh Tyler Ziskin I know is just absolutely peeved by the fact that Ken Pomeroy holds a luck stat that says the Buffs are getting unlucky right now. It's so fun to go to Blake Street, by the way, ju- just just to watch Tyler Ziskin watch a Colorado basketball game. I was watching, watching him all right. last week, and it was hilarious. Watching Tyler watch the team is better than watching the team. He was livid. He was behind the bar and just he was livid. He was so beyond livid that he's having fun watching himself be in misery. He was laughing. At the end of the game, he was laughing. It's amazing. Uh, they lost twice in overtime. That's why uh, he was in so much misery. 85-83 and 91-89 at Washington and Washington State. They host Oregon State in Oregon this weekend. Uh, Tad Boyle has gotten so honest with the media that he's just straight shooting. Well, he's always honest, but it, it's just to the point where it's like, yeah, we are bad. <laughs> uh, we're hoping things turn around, but uh, look, me they, saying this isn't going to help anything. They have to beat Oregon State. 
it's crazy to me how honest Tad's been being. I just have never, like, known of a coach. Like, literally, he was talking about how the defense right now is not good enough to be anyone in this league. It doesn't matter who they play or it doesn't matter where they play. The fact that Tad Boyle said that about his team, like, I love how honest it is, but it's just insane to me how this Colorado basketball team is playing. That Their coach can say this to the media. I'll, I'll say this. Watching certain guys that you watch – in game shoot and you wonder why the hell is this guy still shooting the ball you wonder that in practice at this point that's how cold the team is it's not just in game it's it's in practice now too that this team and Bo talked about it Bo Gamble was on the podcast last week talked about a little bit last week and Tad I talked to him today about it how the hell are you supposed to have a swagger when you're 0-7 in conference you just don't there's no confidence there and, yeah, you know what? The team's really good on offense, but mm. it's – according to the stats, they're very good on offense. But if you have a doubt that your defense is going to give up a basket every single time you're back down on the floor, how much confidence can you really have in yourselves overall as a game? They're, I mean, they're just – and at this point, to me, they're going to start giving up. And Tad mm-hmm. Boyle would probably resent the fact that I'm saying that right now. But – these are guys who have only really known relative success. I mean, of course, they went through the ski season, which was uh, rough that year. But these guys are used to winning. Even in that season, they were still winning conference games. Uh, now all they're doing is losing, and that's it's the opposite of kind of what happened with CU football, where all they knew was losing, and they got a taste of winning, and they were like, oh, my God, this is amazing. We're not letting this go. Well, now – these guys were used to winning, and now they're getting so used to losing that they're like, well, what's the point? We're not going to the NCAA tournament anymore. That that was our goal. That's what we've been been fighting for. You know, Derek White, who's still working his ass off, but somewhere in his head he's like, damn, the whole reason I came to Colorado is I wanted a chance to play in the NCAA tournament. You know, it's a dream I've had since I was a little kid. Eventually the fact that, you know, you're not going to live that dream this year starts to creep into your head, and it becomes real easy to start – thinking about the end of the season, especially if you're an underclassman. Uh, you know, the the upperclassmen, which <laughs> this team has plenty of them, it's just hard to understand why they don't have any leadership. Those guys are starting to – maybe they start to realize towards uh, – they come down the uh, final stretch here. Oh, all right, we better fight for our last basketball that we're going to play at the competitive level unless, you know, you go overseas or whatnot. But it's real easy for underclassmen to say, ah, all right, well, this season – didn't go the way we wanted to, but, you know, well, at least there's next season. I talked to a player today, and one of his quotes to me was, yeah, we're going to be really good next year. Offhand, he said that. It wasn't it, – and it wasn't it wasn't the team. It was talking about him and a different player's uh, chemistry, and I'm going to edit that out because I don't think he wanted to it to come across that way. But it kind of tells you where their head is at, where, you know, I could ask a question – about him and another player and their chemistry and how they're developing. And it leads him to a place where he already talks about next year and there's already el- there's still 11 games or something like that left in conference play before even postseason play this year. To me, it's just they're 0-7. This is where the upperclassmen need to step in. This is where the leadership needs to step in, especially because, like you were saying, Ryan, the underclassmen, it's so easy for them to focus on next year and be like, you know what, like, next year we got it. Next year will be our year. Like, no, this is where the seniors need to step up and be like, no, like, we, yes, we're 0-7, but let's not make a fool of ourselves. Let's not be hoping for next year for those underclassmen. Let's leave our mark on this program because – there are a lot of upperclassmen that you would have thought, at least I would have thought, there was going to be a lot more leadership on this team when they started. The, the problem there, I think, for those guys is in their head, and especially because none of them are natural leaders, in their head they're thinking, well, what's the point? Why do I need to rally the team now? Because, uh, you know, I, I go to NCAA tournaments, and, uh, yeah, I can try and rally them to beat Oregon State, who's 6-12 and 12 on the season, and uh, I think the Buffs will win that game, but. They're thinking to themselves, what's what's the point? Well, why am I going to go out of my way to try and rally the troops when we're not going to reach any of our goals? They're already passed. And so it's a, it's this inner fight because these guys aren't leaders, and they were trying to be leaders in the offseason and whatnot. 
but now they're just you know they're dejected and they're thinking man this sucks this really really sucks right now i hate losing and they and maybe there's someone who says yo come on this is our last chance to play college basketball we still have a chance to get it together and maybe if we can get hot at the right time we can win the pac-12 tournament and still go to the ncaa tournament but it's just real easy for them right now to just be like what's the point anymore well do you think beating oregon state will give them some sort of momentum sure until they go play oregon and get their teeth kicked in i mean it's they they have to beat oregon state they're going up against a really a team whose most redeeming quality is according to uh friends of mine is that their head coach is handsome i do like me some wayne tinkle (laughs) like come on to uh, me, it's just, like, sad. Especially I thought their most redeeming quality was the fact that they're giving up 69 points per game. Nice. To me, it's sad that to see any team not be passionate. And to me, these upperclassmen that you are supposed to rely on, it just there is no passion. And it just is, it's a sad thing to watch. And it makes it hard for Buff fans to want to keep watching. They have hope. They're like, let me maybe this time, maybe this game. And then it ends up not working out, and it's just hard. Please excuse me. I said that they were uh, six and twelve. They're actually four and sixteen. They're six and twelve against the spread, though. Who's dyslexic now? Uh, speaking uh, or speaking of the Beavers, uh, the Buffs are very eager to play the Beavers on Thursday night. Are doing it all beef. <laughs> no. You would say that. But what I was going to no. say is, we are not eager for the Beavers. Uh, this is a list of the things we'd rather be doing than watching Colorado play Oregon State in basketball. I'll start. Number one thing I'd rather be doing than watching – well, actually not the number one thing I'd rather be doing. Just a thing I'd rather be doing than watching Colorado play Oregon State in basketball. I'd rather be sitting at absinthe at 6.30 in the, af- in the afternoon slash evening than watching Colorado play Oregon State. Oh, and wow. that sounds really depressing. There will probably be about the same amount of people there. <laughs> I'd rather be sober at absinthe on Thursday night, ladies' night. Oh my God! I'd I be imagine. I'd be there from six thirty to twelve sober instead On of going thir- to this game oh if I wasn't God, paid. Oh God, that sounds awful. You need to be drunk to enjoy that place, at least on ladies' night. Yeah. Yes. All right. Next person. Okay, I would rather be watching Angry Beavers than watching the Oregon State Beavers. Nice. My guys, Dag and Norbert. I would rather be watching Coach Chev and Coach Adams go a tad bit crazy on Twitter talking about recruits. That was odd. That was they were they were like really into it. They were their gifts were kind of hilarious. They were. I don't get football man's. Uh, another thing I'd rather be doing than watching Colorado play Oregon State basketball is watching Jeremy Adams gangman style on repeat for two hours. Oh, oh wow. wow, that's good. Well, I have a meeting on Thursday about like renewing my health insurance or something. I don't know. I'm more excited about that in terms of things that are happening on Thursday. It's important. Yeah. I'd rather um, try to talk to financial aid and probably have to stay two hours in a line to get a chance to talk five minutes with my counselor. Mm. Okay. Uh, I'd rather be watching actual beavers play actual buffaloes in an actual keg than watching uh, what is about to take place on Thursday. How exactly do you plan on fitting a beaver and a buffalo into a keg? That's how a good bar joke starts, Ryan. Mm. So a beaver and a buffalo walk into <laughs> a keg. <laughs> okay. <sighs> uh, I would rather <laughs> I would rather take a boiling tinkle than watch Tad Boyle coach against Wayne Tinkle. Was that the one you were like, this is horrible? Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, my last one definitely goes into that. Guys... I would rather be listening to Jake and Ryan talking only puns for three straight hours. Why'd you just get so loud? (laughs) Sorry. You got, like, infinitely more loud. (laughs) Because I was serious about it. I was angry, and I was trying to make a statement. It was all caps. Like, people who have listened to this podcast for a long time, or at least they know that that's, like, She's breaking the levels over me and you here. Uh... Well, that's a, that's for three. That's the, the duration of a basketball game, I would rather 
sit here and listen to you guys talk in only puns. That's the loudest take we've had since Will Whalen <laughs> screaming, I do not like the Olympics <laughs> in the <laughs> podcast. Still the Actually, most legendary thing ever happened. I think I would go crazy happened. if I had to sit here and listen to you guys only talk in Imagine puns. if Will was still on the podcast with us, too. Oh, God. I uh, can't. One time we made Will laugh so hard with the pun that he cried. <laughs> yes. Uh, another thing I'd rather be doing than watching Colorado play Oregon State in basketball is making jokes about the Avalanche's terrible defense on Twitter while watching an Avalanche game. And they are bad, folks. They're pretty bad. Uh, that's all I got. Okay, I got one uh, more. The, the boiling tinkle was really my crown jewel. I've got a Ryan Koenigsberg one. Oh, Ryan God. One. Uh, another thing I'd rather be doing than watching the Colorado Buffaloes play the Oregon State Beavers in basketball, just watching Brett Brady play basketball for two hours. <sighs> Brett Brady could do a lot for this team. Let's leave it at that. Well, uh, unless you got – oh, well, we actually have more to talk about on the podcast. No, that was a Bre- that was a mic drop. The Brett Brady mic drop? Yeah. <laughs> it's like how he closes the game. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> I want to bring this up here at the end. We have uh, CU fined $75,000 instead of uh, 150 for rushing the field. Uh, they could have spent an infinite amount of money. It would have been worth it, right? Yeah, I mean – it's not the kids' money. Who's where does the seventy five thousand dollars come from, really? The fans that paid to get into the games that they weren't expecting to, basically. So, like the the fact, yeah. Just look at it at this: the attendance that they got at, we'll say the Utah game. If you would have projected the attendance before the season, you would have projected that to be somewhere around thirty seven to forty two thousand. So they got fifty thousand. And $75,000 is way, way less than the money they made on those extra eight to 12,000 people that came to that game. I agree with that. I think, honestly, just thinking of that game just makes me so like laugh so hard when I picture Rick George in front of the student section oh. trying to tell them to all wait one minute. Someone had a picture of it, and I was trying to find it, but I haven't been able to. But just him standing there. Trying to tell a college male to wait one minute is just never. Trying to tell fact. all of those hyped Colorado <laughs> Buffalo fans. Jake is laughing because like, he got the joke. And I just don't think. Well, I got the joke five minutes before he <laughs> said it because I was thinking of the same way to put it, but I couldn't do it. I, underst- I understood I the joke. I couldn't do it without I being way too inappropriate. I try to just ignore you guys and block you out sometimes. <laughs> That's that kind of what a George. college male does right there when they're waiting for a minute. Everyone loves Rick George. That was Rick George's worst brand. Was trying to stop the students from rushing one. Well, that that was his two first names playing out right there. Oh, it's true. Uh, it's just true. the sixty seconds before, or it was like right before the last time out, there was like an announcement on the board. It was like, "Wait, sixty seconds, we won't get fined." And then sec- there was a countdown on the big oh. on the jumbotron, and like ever, and he was out there like, "Guys, wait!" Oh, I want to find that picture because I think that's the funniest thing in the whole entire world. 60 seconds is a really long time. Unfortunately, we had three photographers there, and none of them got that picture. I thought one of them did. I really – I don't know where I saw this picture, but I swear I did. It was uh, one of our competitors because I know what you're talking about. I haven't found it anywhere, so they must have taken it down. I can find it. Kid you not, I searched the whole internet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, how is is the internet? (laughs) Did you see anything you didn't want to (laughs) see? See anything you want to report back to the BS and Buffs podcast here? No, thank you. <laughs> well, coming to you from the internet, <laughs> saying goodbye to the internet. This has been the BS and Buffs podcast for Ali Monroe and Ryan Koenigsberg. I am Jake Shapiro. Stay tuned to all of our content on bsndenver.com. Signing day coming up. That's big news, big stuff there. So make sure to follow along. There might be a surprise or two. So why don't you do that? It's the only day that fax machines matter. And free agent, NFL free agency day one. We found that out with Elvis no, Dumerville. No, last day. Oh, that was Elvis Dumerville day? Yes. <laughs> well, once again, we'll, we'll, we will see you. Oh, oh wow. Oh. <laughs> we will see you next week. Uh, have a great week, everyone. And make sure you hit us up on Twitter and uh, read all of our stuff. Uh, we'll see you next week. Check, 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 I'm check. I'm in an annoyed mood right now. You're what? I don't know why. I'm in an annoyed mood right now. You're outraged. Thank you. <laughs> why are you quiet? Can you talk again? Yeah, sure. I can talk.
All at all times. Uh, forever. Actually, I can't talk all ta- all the time. I have a really big problem with my words sometimes. They just don't make sense. I bet a lot of people on this podcast have have under have heard that. <laughs> and the hidden track is back. <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> Thanks for being quiet, guys. I wasn't going to ruin that. Of being recorded. No. Yes. No. If I knew I was being recorded, I wouldn't have talked. <laughs> you knew you were being recorded. You could see it right there. I hadn't looked up. <laughs> That's not okay for someone to record what actually, I say without actually, my consent. Actually, in Colorado, it's only one party consent. I consented. Yep. They consented <laughs> to recording you. Whatever. That's why I don't want to live With, here. Without context, this is going to be the greatest hidden track ever. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Annoyed mood right now. I think it's pretty, pretty good, good audio. Uh, I think my levels have turned way down. It's because I turned. Because no one wants to hear you. Wow. <laughs> Your takes don't matter on this podcast. All takes matter. All takes matter. All content deserves to go viral. All content. That's actually what I live by. You know, if I were to get a tattoo. All content deserves to go viral. I just watched be a this, candidate. this BuzzFeed video that says uh, uh, couples, lovely couples, choose each other's tattoos. Like, I, what? Mm. No. Odd. That's weird. You're going to emotionally scar me one day, so why don't you physically scar me now? <laughs> like, oh, wow. <laughs> Leave your print on me, actually. Oh, that's awful. Okay. Oh, are you going to start this? I, you choose brands for people. You'd be like, you are branded with this. Yo, I got really drunk and started giving brand advice to just people the other day. Hey, uh, shirts is bad for your brand. No, no. Okay, let's run it. A lot of people don't. That's why they're bad and we're good. Welcome into the... Pe- why are you sucking in while you're talking? I was I was burping. <laughs> I was burping. <laughs> I'm definitely not flexing right now. <laughs> Trying to impress the listeners with my uh, oh my BMI. Love a good BMI. What? The <laughs> hey girl, what's your BMI? Hey girl, are you trying to get this BMI? Welcome into the BSN Buffs podcast, coming to you from, well, not the Blake's, yeah, yeah, I gotta keep this going. Hey girl, you want a BMI phone? <laughs> BMI phone? Oh my god! That was actually a good one, and I don't like that that was a good one. 